Jesus. We're going to call our pastor to the platform. Oh, bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everyone. Certainly good to be in the house of the Lord. Praise the Lord to everyone online. May the Lord richly bless you. A few weeks ago, I said we'd be looking here in the And some have taken me at my word. So next Wednesday, we will be opening uh, live with attendance here at the church. Still be wearing masks. Uh, there will be no registration online, but your temperature will be taken as you come in. Um, we'll still take the same precautions that we would take on a Sunday service. But I think it's time that the church get back to having church. Amen. I'm in fear, not of God, but I'm in fear of what is happening to people's walk with God. And as the watchman on the wall, there's a lot of things that go through my head. And of course, uh, some of you don't quite understand some of the messages that I preach but I want you to know that I would not preach them if I was not concerned about souls making it to heaven. I, I can very easily preach uh, feel-good messages. I can, I can very easily preach messages that will not help you, but be feel-good messages. And my job as a shepherd is to preach what God has given me to make sure that the church makes it and whenever that rapture time comes, amen. So if you'd stand with me at home and in the sanctuary, I want you to turn, I'm using one scripture tonight, Corinthians 3, 9. I want you to know that God has something great in store for his people. Amen. I want to be a part of that. I, I, it, was, it was very good grieving that I missed Sunday, but uh, I ask everybody to uh, follow the guidelines that if you do not feel well, do not come to church. And I mean, I felt well, but I had a cold, um, more of a head cold, and I wanted to be obedient to the same rules that I have asked you to abide by. I abide by the same rule. I have no, um, I'm not a, what's the word I want to use? Um, Hypocrite. There we go. Um, so anyway, 1 Corinthians 3, 9. The Bible says, For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. Give it to me in the Amplified, please. And the Amplified says, For we are God's fellow workers. We are, I'm going to add we, His servants working together. You are God's cultivated field, his garden, his vineyard, God's building. Amen. And you may be seated in Jesus' name. So I, I, I guess I want to ask this question to you tonight. Do you ever feel like you don't fit in? That's a, that's a, right? There's places that I go that I feel like I do not fit in. Maybe in a congregation, Maybe at work, maybe at school, even social gatherings, or sometimes even in your own family. <laughs> right? There's times that I've been in family events that I felt like I did not belong there or fit in. And so if I feel that way, obviously someone else has felt that way. And we all do at times, but few of us know that the solution to our uneasiness can be found in answering this one simple question. Here it comes. Who or what are we trying to fit into? Who or what are we trying to fit into? As a child of God, what am I trying to fit into? Am I trying to fit into the church? Am I trying to fit into the world? Am I trying to fit into the Word of God? See, I should make my life fit the Word of God. Because if my life fits the Word of God, I will fit into the church. But most of the time, we find ourselves trying to fit in to the world and still be in the church. 
And so I, I, I hope to encourage you. Uh, you might ask, how can that be? Because the question is, who are or what are you trying to fit into? Understand, I hope that I can bring this to you the way that God has given it to me. So let's find the ancient wisdom in this question that will comfort our souls and help us to find the value, the val valuability of who we serve, which is God, and who he is in our life and his kingdom, what we do in the kingdom of God. You see, the answer, as we shall see, is connected to the cornerstone, which is the prophecy of Psalms 118.22. It says this, the stone which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. In ancient building practices, you see the cornerstone, a cornerstone on the southern wall of the Temple Mount in Jerusalem was the very first stone laid. Very first stone laid. Uh, and, on, and onto which all the other stones were fitly laid. The cornerstone had to be perfectly aligned at all angles, which then set the alignment of all the other buildings or other stones. Hear me. There is a reason that the shepherd preaches the word of God the way he preaches it. It is so that the body can get themselves aligned with the king of kings, the main cornerstone of the word of God, which is Christ Jesus. Amen? And so, for this reason, a cornerstone was also called the foundation stone. Here is your foundation, church. Right here is the foundation that you and I can build our walk with God on that will never fail. It will never falter. It cannot be destroyed. They, they, I remember in, in the old days, they said it's been through the fire, and it's still alive. It's been through the water. And it's still alive. Amen. God's people have come a mighty long way, and we need to continue to walk in the presence of God and, and walk in his goodness. Let me set my timer so I don't run over. So there is no fitting into the wrong cornerstone. We like to fit in somewhere, but there is no fitting into a wrong cornerstone. How many times have we tried to make our lives fit into our own plans without seeking God first? I, I have major, major, major mistake. Major, 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 major mistake by not putting God first. How many times have those plans ended in great loss? Either finances, work, friendship, homes, families, and most importantly, peace and joy and happiness. Similarly, the prophet Isaiah warned the nation of Israel how far centuries, how, how for centuries they had been turning their backs on God, giving instructions and telling them to stop turning towards the pagan gods and turn back to the living God, the merciful God, the mighty God, the almighty, the Yahweh. More troubling, they were not ashamed of it as they had turned from God. That gets, that's bad when people get to a place they're not ashamed from turning away from truth, from turning away from God. The Bible says in Isaiah 28, 15, because ye have said, we have made a covenant with death and with hell. Are we at agreement when the overflowing scourge shall pass through? It shall not come unto us, for we have made lies our, uh, lies our refuge, and under falsehood have we hid ourselves. So, more troubling, they were not ashamed of it, for they had made falsehood, falsehood their refuge. That means they were believing their own lies. Yeah. I know before Christ, I could tell you a lie, and I believed my lie. Yeah. I told it with such realness that I had started believing my own lies. Yeah. And so, 
If, if I could do that and the Israelites could do that, the church could do that. It's very important to know who you are built upon and who you are following. Amen. For example, they worked the land every year without giving it a rest, the rest that God required for the land on the seventh year. The Lord said unto Moses, and this is in Leviticus 25, 1 through 4, and we'll read that. Here's what the Lord said to Moses on Mount Sinai. And the Lord spake unto Moses in Mount Sinai, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye come into the land which I give you, then shall the land keep a Sabbath unto the Lord. What was the Sabbath? What is the Sabbath? The Sabbath, of course, now that we have the Holy Ghost, every day is a Sabbath. But the bottom line is back then, their Sabbath was Saturday, I think was Saturday, right? Be the, the way they would consider the Sabbath. And so they were supposed to, uh, and, and in the seventh year, they were supposed to give their land a rest, just like when you go up to her, uh, Lancaster, the Amish will rotate their crops. Why do they rotate their crops? So that that land can be fertilized and have nutrients put back into it so that it can restore its nutrients and give you what it should do. Uh, give you the harvest that you want to plant into it the following year. So it needed a year to rest and re, um, cultivate its nutrients. And so verse 3 says, Six years thou shalt sow thy field, and six years thou shalt prime or prune the vineyard and gather in the fruit thereof. Verse 4 says, But in the seventh year shall be a Sabbath a rest of rest unto the land, a Sabbath for the Lord. Thou shalt neither sow thy field nor prune thy vineyard. And see, in the, uh, Leviticus 26, 33 through 35, here's what it says. I will scatter because when they did not become obedient and give the land a rest, this is what God says. I will scatter you among the heathen. I will draw out a sword after you, and your land shall be desolate, and your cities waste. Then shall the land enjoy her Sabbath, or Sabbaths, as long as it lieth desolate, and ye be in your enemy's land. Even then shall the land rest and enjoy her Sabbath. Verse 35 said, And as long as it lieth desolate, it shall rest, because it did not rest in your Sabbaths when ye dwelt upon it. So there are times that we as God's people need to understand where we belong in the kingdom of God. What are we doing on our day of worship? What are we doing on the day of fellowship with Christ, right? We should be fellowshipping every day. But, of course, in America, we've chosen Sunday to be the day that we come together united. Why? To, to power up, to go back out into the field and to work the field. Saturday, Sunday should be the day that we re rejuvenate and rest and be filled with the Holy Ghost, renewed in the Holy Ghost. When we come to church and worship, it should be a worshipful spirit. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about worship, not today, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break some worship down. You know, worship is something that is exuberant. Worship's not something that I can do just sitting here, right? I mean, when I was in the world and I was serving Satan, I might have looked like the worst dancer you could ever see, but I was out there juking and a-jiving. Thought I was, I was it, right? But... But I was giving it all I could give to the one that did not die for me. And then we come to the house of God, and we cannot. We've gotten so pious and so uh, prim and proper that we cannot worship God. Now, I know that it's strange to some people when they come from other, other denominations and, you know, that are not exuberant worshipers. But the Bible said that David danced out of his clothes. I'm not asking anybody to dance out of your clothes. But he danced so vigorously that his clothes fell off, at least some of them, his robe. I don't know what else he had on, but I'm hoping he had something, a loincloth or something. But the bottom line is, uh, um, Isaiah also warned against the priests and the prophets 
who were disgracing God by getting drunk on wine and beer while guiding the people into falsehood instead of living the righteous life. When we are not living the righteous life, now some of us don't understand, maybe, maybe some people don't understand the righteous life, but righteous life, walking with Jesus, is me separating myself from everything that I can to be a witness for Christ. Right? I don't go to bars anymore. Some people say that because I have a, uh, because I was an addiction, had addiction to alcohol, addiction to drugs, that that's why I don't go. No, I don't go because nothing good happens in a bar. I know. Perfect no, I know. Someone will either hit on your woman or you're hitting on somebody's woman. Or the woman's hitting on some man. Just saying. So instead of living righteous life, they were not living righteous life. This is in stark contrast to King David's love of the word, which he wrote about in Psalms 119, 300, and, uh, 300 years earlier, he said uh, in verses 103 and 105, 119, 103 through 105, how sweet are the words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. He's talking about God's word. He's talking about the Torah. They had the Old Testament, right? He's talking about the word that was being poured. Though through thy precepts I get understanding. The precepts is God's word. Through the word of God I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. When the Bible says, come out from among them, separate yourself. Be ye separate. That's God's word. That's not the pastor's word. That's not Grace Gospel's word. And he says in Psalms 105, uh, go back to 104. What does he say? Through thy precepts I get understanding. Through reading and studying the word of God, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate everything that goes against God's word. It go, if it goes against God's word, I hate it. 105 says, why? He said, because thy word, thy word, your word, God, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto what? My path so that I, I know which way to go. Oh, uh, back in the old days, um, the waters became uh, grandparents to me. My dad took us over there a lot. Norman Water, Little Water, Charlotte Water, and Grandpa Water would take a, uh, and many of you might have seen this, they'd take a, a tree limb that had a fork in it and had a rod going off the back of it. I don't even know if this is real stuff or not, but they'd walk around on their property, and they'd tell you that when they were walking, if the thing started going like that, it found water. So we as little kids, man, we walk around Grandpa, and he'd be walking. He'd be walking, be walking, and all of a sudden he'd go, Oh, kids, I found another well. We've got another well on the property. Now, whether it's true or not, I do not know, but there are things that the elders and older folks would tell kids, whether it's real or not. I don't know someone that has ever experienced whether a rod, you know, one of those rods could actually sense it. I do not know. But, but my word, God's word that is in my hand, this is God's word for me, is a lamp unto my feet, and it orders my path. And if I will honor the word of God, if I will read the word of God, and I will trust the word of God, it will guide me and lead me if I will allow it. Will allow it. I have to understand. He's my cornerstone. He wouldn't have gave me. Giving guidance, right? And to build our foundation, our walk with God, and everything else. And so, however, many of the Jewish people during the time of prophets were more interested in doing whatever they wanted to do rather than following God's word. I find it in today's society that people are more interested in doing what they want to do than what God's word wants them to do. 
And, and I know that this is a Bible study. I pray that you read the scripture and you follow my notes of what I'm saying. I'm trying to tell you that we in these last days do not have time to do what we want to do. When I tell you revival is urgent for the body of Christ, revival is imperative. Why is revival imperative? Because if revival does not come wholly to the church, our prodigals cannot return. I have, all of us have children and loved ones that need to return to the house of God, be it at Grace Gospel, be it wherever they are located. There are churches all over that we can pinpoint and put people in if they will let us know where they are. But God is wanting to do a work. And if I don't get myself lined up with the cornerstone of Christ Jesus and have the revival and the love of the Word of God, I am not going to be what I need to be in the kingdom of God. I will sit here like a bump on a log or sit like a rock on a stone. And I don't want to do that. They didn't think there would be consequences either. When you do what you want to do, how you want to do it, and you serve God the way you want to do it, there will be consequences. And there were. Jeremiah prophesied that the Jewish people would be taken captive. In 2 Chronicles 36, 21, God used Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, to take siege of Jerusalem and destroy the first temple and take the Israelites captive for 70 years until the land had enjoyed its Shabbat, which was a rest. Hear me. If you don't enjoy the Word of God and enjoy Sundays of worshiping God and being a part of a body of Christ, that is the time to come and fellowship with God and God's people. The Jewish people would not live in the land as a sovereign nation for another 2,600 years until it became the modern Jewish state in 1948. A fulfillment of biblical prophecy out of Isaiah 66, 8 said we are living in the end times. Listen, in Jeremiah 33, 20, 30, uh, 33 24 through 26, it wasn't enough for God to merely restore Israel as a nation which he promised to do in Jeremiah. And the Bible says this, Considerest thou not what this people have spoken, saying, The two families which the Lord hath chosen, he hath even cast them off. Thus they have despised my people, that they should be no more a nation before them. Listen, he was angry. He was angry. So what's the Lord say in verse 25? Thus saith the Lord, if my covenant be not with day and night, and if I have not appointed the ordinances of heaven and earth, he created the heavens and the earth, then, I, then will I cast away the seed of Jacob and David, my servant, so that I will not take any of his seed to be rulers over the seed of Abraham. Isaac and Jacob for I will cause their captivity to return and have mercy on them 2,000 years ago God also did a massive remodeling of the spiritual blueprints of his people he replaced Israel's cornerstone of disobedience and pagan worship with the, his cornerstone of peace and truth but only for those who accept him. You reject him, reject his word. I've, I've never, you know, I, I've, I've sat under some, some tough teaching. I've sat under some tough preaching. Not one time did I say that man or that woman made, missed the mark. Not one time. Because they were preaching what God gave them. They were preaching what God gave them. And so 2,000 years ago, God also did a massive remodeling. We, we just said that. And, and in Isaiah 28, 16, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, 
Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Amen. And, and, and therefore he's saying, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a tested stone, one that's been tested, one that's been tried. It's a costly cornerstone. He went to a cross. He paid his life to be the cornerstone. He gave himself for you and I for the foundation that is firmly, firmly placed for you and I. And that is where we fit in. Fitting into Jesus, the cornerstone of security and truth. Hear me, when you fit in with Jesus, he becomes your cornerstone of security. He becomes your cornerstone of truth. And you're able to trust him. You know, I keep going back to the prophecy that was given to us in 2019 in March 10th or something like that. I, I can't get the exact date. Oh, 2020, thank you. In March 2020, that God said, before we even knew what was coming up on America, what was coming to the church, that he said, it's going to get worse, and these are things that stick in my head. The words that he said, it will get worse before it gets better, but I will be with you every step of the way. And I have literally taken him for his word. Literally. He reminded me of my affirmation that even if COVID came to my home, would I, that I, I had said I would be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego regardless of how severe it would come or regardless of the life would be taken. And he tested me. You can call it what it is. I, 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 it, it was a test. And he spoke to me in that emergency room. He said, now, with my wife laying on that bed, struggling to breathe, now, who, where are you now? I said, God, we will serve you no matter what the outcome is. We, I didn't say I, I said we are going to serve you no matter what the outcome is. But we can be like the other stones in God's holy temple walls that fit into his cornerstone, or we can be like the ancient Israelites who choose or who chose to fit into the cornerstone of the world. I don't want to fit in the cornerstone of the world. This world has nothing for me. This world is not my home. My, our bishop used to sing, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Which is not secure. This world is not a place of security. It's not a, there's nothing secure in this world. Nothing. You know, I, I've not put my trust in man. I'm not putting my trust in the government, be it Republican or Democrat. I've not put my trust in that. You know who I put my trust in? The one who rules this world, who controls everything, who has allowed everything to play out, whether you were a part of it or not. He allowed it to all play out. What I see is that the Lord is drawing nigh. And my Bible tells me that we must look up for whence our redemption draweth nigh when we see the signs and the things that are going on around us. In Isaiah 28, 28 17, God told his people, he said, judgment also will I lay to the line and righteousness to the plummet and the hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies and the water shall overflow the hiding places. Listen, since your refuge is made of lies, he's saying if your, since your refuge is made of lies and hailstorms, it will knock you down since it made a deception, a flood will sweep, since you made deception, a flood will sweep it away. But we can also choose to fit into the standards of God's divine design. I want to fit into uh, God's design. I want to fit into his design. That design begins with Jesus, who is what? The chief cornerstone. In John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, 
and the Word was God. It, it, it often, as the Word of God, He meets the architectural as well as the biblical requirements of a cornerstone. I'll say that again. As the Word of God, He meets the architectural as well as the biblical requirements of a cornerstone. For example, Jesus was tested by Satan. Jesus was rejected by the religious leaders in Jerusalem and by people he grew up with in his own hometown. His own people rejected him, did not receive him. That's why when you witness, you need to witness to your family, but the bottom line is you need to focus on witnessing to the world. Someone will witness to your family. Focus on the world, pray for your family, but focus on witnessing to other people because your own family will not receive what we have to give them. They rejected. They rejected Jesus. Though he did nothing wrong, he was sacrificed on, uh, on the cross. Jesus paid the costly price of his own blood to redeem us from our sin. And, and, but he rose from the dead, conquering death. Amen. He is the deliverer, the master, and the king of the universe. And I thank God for that. I thank the Lord. Jesus is our living cornerstone. Listen, Jesus is our living cornerstone, and all things are built upon him. He is perfectly steady. He don't waver. He's steady. When the storm rose up on the waters, he said, come, Peter. He was walking on that storm. The storm was under his feet. Peter got out, but Peter got his eyes off of the one who kept the storm from bothering him. And when he took his eyes off him, the storm began to gulf him up. He's secure. He's strong because he is the standard bearer, the word of God in flesh. And even though we will be rejected for believing in him and following him, God promises that we are secure in him because we are securely connected. Amen? Thank God we're connected through the Holy Ghost. That's why, that's why it's imperative. That's why it's imperative. People don't understand this. The reason we come to church is because uh, some of us can't feel the presence of God in our home. But when a body comes together and a body begins to worship, and a body begins to praise God, the presence of God, why, what, if, you were, if you go back to the tabernacle, the priest would set up everything, right? The worship. They would offer sacrifices. And, and, and as they went through the, 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 the um, tabernacle and doing what they needed to do to get to reverence him and get to the place of where his spirit would be, that's where we got to get we got to get to a place that we want to be. I wanted to be here so bad, but because I had set a, a, a precedent to say, do not come to church if you've got sniffles or coughs or colds. I wanted to be here. I even told myself, put three masks on and come to church anyway. But it was not right. I'd have been breaking what we've asked everybody to do. I knew it wasn't covid of course, some people thought I had COVID again. I didn't have COVID. I know what the, I know what the symptoms are now. And so I went and got tested anyway just so I could tell them now I'm negative. So, but the bottom line is, the bottom line is we have to get to the place that we want to be in the presence of God. Yes. Amen. I want to be where God's people are. I don't want to sit at home anymore. I want to be where God's people worship. I want to be where people are running again. I want to see my grandchildren running the aisles, even if they don't know why they're running, because I'm teaching them, you're going to run for Jesus. You're going to shout for Jesus at some point when you understand and comprehend what you're doing. And even though we will be rejected for believing in him, he is my cornerstone. In Isaiah 28, 16, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a costly cornerstone for the foundation. It's firmly placed. He who believes in it, excuse me, man, excuse me, will not be disturbed. 
On him we can place our burdens and find rest in our souls. Someone told me they were stressed out, and I'm like, I, I understand stress. I've had stress. I've felt stress. But when I begin to turn it back to the Lord, when I begin to pray, when I begin to seek the face of God, it's almost like God just comes in and he lifts the weight. Yeah. And, and, and just like his, like his prophecy was to us, what he prophesied, he said, I'm going to take care of everything. Yeah. You just serve me. You just stay the course. Don't waver. Just stay the course. I will be with you. It might get bad. It might look bad. It might be bleak. But trust me. I told someone, I won't call out what kind of sickness it was, but I told them, I, I, the Lord just laid in my heart, get in touch with them. I feel like I need to go. It's a three-hour trip. I said, I feel like I need to go and pray for them. If I was sick, I don't care if it's a cold, and I ask you to pray for me, I want you to pray for me. And if you say, I feel like God told me to come lay hands on you, come. Right? Even though it's not death, cold, it's a cold, right? But this is, there's some life-threatening. It's, it's very bad. Let me say it's a stage four something. And so God laid it in my spirit to, to get in touch with him and say, I, I need to come. I feel like God wants me to come and pray. I'm not telling you I'm coming with healing, but I feel like God wants me to come and pray. I just want to be obedient. They said, well, our schedule's pretty busy, and it probably be sometime further out. July. I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay. You just rejected something that I don't know what God was going to do, right? I, I, that's how I feel. I don't care if I got people coming in. I don't care if the church is coming to my house and you call me and say, God has laid in my heart to come pray for you. You, you can come be a part of the family function. Come. You can be a part of the whatever we're doing. Come. I need prayer. Come. If God laid it on your heart, come. Yeah. At no cost. Just come. Pray for me. So on him we can place our trust as the foundation of our lives. But I found here lately we don't trust him enough to be the very foundation that we stand on. My foundation is Jesus Christ. No matter what happens. On him, we can place our trust as the foundation of our lives. On him, we can align our dreams and accomplish more than we ever imagined because of him in our lives. Yeah. If we will honor him. I was talking about this today with Bishop and Brother McCauley. You see, a plumb line is a cord with a weight at the end it's a tool used to ensure that a wall is vertical, vertically straight, and meets architectural standards. I remember, before I address the other time that I've experienced this, many of you may not remember Brother Walters, but Brother Ray Walters was here doing work, and that man used the plumb line for everything. I mean, he pulled it out. He was plumb line and everything. It didn't matter what we did. Everything was plumb line. Walls were plumb line. Everything was plumb line. And so he was teaching me the importance of a plumb line, that it, it makes sure that things will be straight, yeah. right? Yeah. We can bubble, uh, you know, levels can be off a little bit, but a plumb line will never be off with the weight. It will always be perfect. So then we're out here a, a little over a year ago or about a year now, I guess it's been since we were laying the, the sidewalk and then Brother McCauley begins to do the walls out back, cuts out concrete, cuts out brick, cuts out everything. Wasn't sure what it was going to look like by the time we were done. And he pulls out the plumb line. And he puts the plumb line on the wall. And, and, um, and it brought back to memory when Brother Ray was using the plumb wall, you know, the plumb line, so that he can make sure that his plumb wall was straight up and down this way. Amen. And so that very, here's the plumb line for you and I. The Word of God is the plumb line that helps us stay on the straight and narrow. Amen. And, and I remember, I just remembered back, and I would like to collate that the plumb line is God's Word and His Spirit in us. That is what the plumb line is. As living stones, we are a perfect fit. I got 
two minutes. We are a perfect fit with as being living stones with his plumb line and him being the plumb line and the spirit and the word in us. We can be straight like we need to be for God. Jesus is the standard that God will be testing you and I by. Isaiah 28, 17, I will test you with the measuring line of justice and the plumb line of righteousness. We may wonder how we who have so many imperfections can fit into this perfectly just and righteous cornerstone of God's heavenly architect texture. After all, each of us are unique and, and in a unique combination of color, size, and ethnic but yet we fit perfect in God's kingdom and serve the same God and worship the same God. We magnify God together. We come together, churches that are, that are segregated. This church is a multicultural church. It's not a segregated church. It's a church that allows all nationalities to come and be a part of a house of worship. And in that, combination of color and size and age some are some of us are stronger and more polished than others and some of us are still rough pebbles but growing in the wisdom of the Lord every day but yet we have to understand we're all at different levels of walking with Jesus but our main purpose when we come together is to magnify the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the ending the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the one that brings joy and salvation. When we, sometimes we can doubt where God has brought us. We can doubt it. Just because you don't fit in easily, it doesn't mean you don't fit in. Some people go, well, you know, I don't really, I don't really fit in this church. Well, why don't you? We're all a bunch of misfits, right? For Jesus, I, 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 you, maybe, maybe I shouldn't call y'all misfits, but I am a misfit. I am a misfit, and I'm not ashamed to tell you I'm a misfit. I'm a misfit from the ground up, and I'm thankful that God gave me an opportunity. Uh, that is why the Scripture calls us living stones. 1 Peter 2, 5 through 6 says, Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable, acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore, also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Whatever stage of development you're in, and I'm coming to a close, whatever stage of development you are in, child of God, we are being called to be an active participant in God's grand scheme of worship and leading people to Him. We've all been called to be disciples of Christ. Though non-believers will try to shame us for doing God's work here on earth, and though the enemy will tempt us to take refuge in many of his lies, our living cornerstone promises that he will never leave us nor forsake us as long as we stay securely connected. Disconnect from the church and disconnect from the Lord, and you'll lose your security connection. Brother McCulley and McCulley, Brother McCulley's home had a Wi-Fi problem, and it was a dysfunctional computer board, I think is what I found out. We thought it was wire, thought it could have been anything, but anyway, they found that one person put a board inside and another board out here, and they did not like to communicate too well is what they said at one time. And anyway, the, main, the, the problem is, is we need to be connected to God to keep our connection to Christ. Amen? In the book of Mark, chapter 13, the disciples asked Jesus about the last days when Jesus left the temple knowing that he was the cornerstone 
who was fulfilling the prophecy of Psalms 118, he said to his disciples, Truly, I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Every stone will be thrown down. Mark 13, 5. Watch out that no one deceives you. Jesus answering them began to say, Take heed lest any man deceive you. There's a lot lot of deceitfulness going on in the world today verse 13 said the one who stands firm to the end will be saved verse 13 says and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake but he that shall endure unto the end the same shall be saved if you stand with me I'm closing my prayer is, and my hope is, that you will also stand with Jesus, Hallelujah. your cornerstone, for he is the chief cornerstone. He's the one you can depend on. He's the one you can trust. He's the one that will lead you through depression. And I'm not saying depression is something to, to uh, not get help for, but if you're, if you're dealing with depression... You need to let us know so we know how to pray. Depression is real. Probably, a, I, I, probably a, I, can, I can tell you that probably during 2020, um, depression affected me many times during that year because I could see what was happening to the church because of our fear of the virus I watch people walk away from God and for a shepherd even though I had no no responsibility no no responsibility in that happening but trying to say things to encourage them and the answers were no no we just we don't believe it anymore. We don't believe the Word of God anymore the way you preach it. It's devastating. So many things attacked my role as a shepherd. Um, you feel responsible. So I know depression is real. What I will tell you is I found peace when I went to my knees. And I literally had to go to my knees and seek the face of God. And that may even be where he birthed being my cornerstone. Because to begin to weep into the pages as I read the word of God, realizing that everything is built on him. Everything stands on him. Everything is anchored by him and secured by him. I can only tell you that I made it through 2020 because Jesus brought me through 2020. And I look to go into 2022 with Jesus unless he comes back. Amen. And I look, and this is what I look for. I look for this church to be so packed. I'll say it again, that we're going to three services in Jesus' name. I don't know if we'll even build the new building because I don't know what the future holds. But what I do know, I know who holds the future. And he is my cornerstone. He is my foundation. He is who I worship. He is who I love. Worship with us. Thank you. We'll see you on Sunday morning. May the Lord richly bless you. Worship with us as we sing. God bless you.
Great. 